Hi there, I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Mann with Remax Metro. And the Real Property St. Pete podcast. So much fun to be back on the radio again. I've missed it. I said that earlier. And are we on the radio? No. Okay. We're on your phone, tablet, <laughs> in your car. That's right. We're at your favorite podcast serving service. That's right. So, you know, one of the things that I've run into lately is the changes in flood insurance. And that's poignant because I think one of our insurance contacts told us that at least 50% of Pinellas County is in a flood zone. Indeed. We have a lot of water around us. Yes. And it's low-lying levels, low-lying land, and low-lying homes. Mm -hmm. So the thing that's happened is that, you know, we used to be really concerned about elevation certificates. Mm -hmm. And I'm still getting those questions from people, you know, when I have a seller, the buyer says, well, do you have an elevation certificate? And I'm like, well, I don't have an elevation certificate, but my seller has a flood insurance policy that's $1,265 a year. And I know that's poignant. You're going to tell us why. Well, I've had some other transactions recently and some other experiences where I have found that the flood insurance is $6,500 a year. Yikes. Or $4,000 a year. Oh, goodness. Or now $6,000 a year because the flood insurance policy was not assumed. Mm. Because there aren't a lot of insurance policies that are assumable, but flood insurance is assumable. Let's explain what assumable is. Well, an assumable policy means that when a seller, and I'll get specific and we'll use this, but if a seller has a policy and it's a good policy and it's a reasonable price, and I would say reasonable is under $2,000 a year, Mm -hmm. if you have that type of insurance policy, almost all flood insurance is assumable. It means that the buyer can take over the policy from you. Number one, you don't get... And they're assuming the payments of that policy. Well, yes and no. One... they're assuming the coverage of that policy. Exactly. They're assuming the coverage because, you know, you pay your flood insurance in full at one time. That's a really good point. And it's not refundable. You don't get it back when you close or sell the house. With the hazard insurance policy, you can get refunded the remainder of the policy that you don't use because you moved. Mm -hmm. And someone else has put a policy on the house. With flood insurance, you pay for the whole year and there's no refunds. But the buyer can take over your policy at the same rate if it's assumable. And almost all of them are assumable. That's such a great feature. So I'm glad you've brought that up. The reason I'm bringing it up is what I keep finding in different places where things have not been assumed, or in fact, in some cases, the owner, the seller bought the property as an investment property or a part-time residence property, and they weren't homesteaded, and that wasn't their primary home. They lost the flood insurance coverage policy that the previous owner had because it becomes an investment property. Mm Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, their flood insurance policy went from $1,000 to $4,500 a year, and they could not get the $1,000 a year policy back. Wow. Yeah, that was a huge mistake, and it's unfortunate, but people may not know that. Well, I think you bring up a good point because if you're a buyer shopping for a new home and you're interested in a location that might require flood insurance, which we can go down that road in a second too, because soon everyone's going to need flood insurance, no matter whether they're in a flood zone or not. But I think shopping for your premium if you have some payment constraints is a really important factor, or even if you don't have payment constraints, just so you're knowledgeable about what you're getting into. 
Yes, they're non-equity building payments and they're come back every single year and it's complicated. And you know, the new legislation and the new program, because people come in and they're always asking, hey, do you have an elevation certificate? And my best answer is no, but I have a policy you can assume mm-hmm. because flood 2.0, that's the new flood insurance legislation that's out from the federal government. That's the rating system now, and the rating system doesn't really even consider elevation certificates any longer. I do think some people are interested to know what their elevation is and what base elevation is for a particular location, but it's a good point that you don't need that. Right. And I think people would like to know that information. And if you have it as a seller, sharing it with the buyer is just fine. But lots of them are expired. You know, often if you've been in the house four or five years and you have your elevation certificate from when you bought the house, it's expired anyway. And it's inaccurate because the flood zones were remapped. Right. So they're just not as valuable and as important as they once were. And your realtor needs to be helping you find out what the flood insurance is and if you can take over the policy from the seller. You know, I I actually appreciate this 2.0 because it allows you to get a flood quote much easier. So if someone didn't have a flood elevation certificate, you had to wait until that survey process was completed in order to know what your flood insurance costs were going to be. And now with the new programs, you can reach out to an agent, an insurance agent, and get a quote fairly readily. And I think that's really advantageous towards budgeting and knowing what your cost of ownership is going to look like. So another part of what people ask and talk about when they start talking about flood is, has your house ever flooded? Oh, I love that one. Right. And so sometimes there's a question of, oh, well, has it ever come in the house or did it just go in the garage? (laughs) Does that matter? (laughs) That's a good one. There's the audience yeah, participation. They, they think it's so funny. I know. Look, I, I would be in trouble if water came in my garage. I mean, some people have garages and their houses set way up above their garages, and that's good. Their main finished part of their house that's insured is well above where it flooded. That's right. I forget about that. I live on the flatland and you have some elevation to that situation. Right. And a lot of places do. I mean, you know, like my main house, part of my house is 18 feet above, but then I have garages below that. But the other thing is, is that some houses, including mine and including one I recently sold, have finished areas downstairs. They know it's not insurable, but it's a nice bonus space for working or maybe a workout room or whatever, or a game room or something like that. But people finish those lower parts of their houses to have additional living space. It's not counted in the heated square footage that we consider the square footage of those homes. And sometimes it floods, but you know what? You fix it up, you clean it up, you dry it out, and you you go back to living there. It's kind of an advantage of living in a coastal community by having your home elevated and having some bonus space. And I think most people know that that's at risk of not being insured. And if something happens, you're responsible for replacing it. I just think that's always a question of, you know, did it come in the house? Have you ever had flooding in the house? You know, mm-hmm. that's a question in the seller's disclosure. Mm-hmm. And it's best to say, yes, we've had water in the garage to disclose that piece of it. 
What's your take? Well, the National Flood Insurance Program has an option that you can request a report to determine whether there have ever been any flood claims made on that property. And for someone who hasn't owned the home for many years, and maybe you know that particular location has gone through some storm seasons that would have potentially affected that property, you can get a better history if the seller doesn't have a complete history. Right. One of my most recent sales, I looked at their flood insurance policy on the declaration page and it says right on the front page, never has there been a FEMA or a flood insurance claim on this property. That's pretty cool. I wasn't aware that the policy might say that. I was just looking to see if it was assumable. (laughs) (laughs) But now we know all flood insurance policies through the National Flood Insurance Program are assumable. Yes, but the thing I don't know is if the private flood insurance providers, if their policies are assumable. That's a good question. Yeah, so we don't know that answer. Maybe we'll get back to you. I think that sounds like a good plan. (laughs) You know, another thing that people talk about when you talk about selling properties in flood areas is, okay, no, my house doesn't flood. But in order to leave here and evacuate the area, you have to drive through some areas that do flood. We have a few neighborhoods like that. That's right. And so that's something to know, something to consider. A lot of areas in St. Pete have been fixed and a lot of the drainage areas have been repaired, enhanced. Um, So some of the flood handling has gotten significantly better than it's ever been. I would agree, yes. I think there's still some locations that need some work. I can think of uh, one particular corner location near a school our children went to that I recall walking through waist-deep water on a regular basis, and I don't think it's that um, bad anymore. And, you know, some of our most expensive areas, like Snell Isle, they have some flooding that takes place there, but a lot of that's been repaired. I do think that knowing if an area floods, even if the house doesn't flood, is something that you may want to check out. I think there's a lot of value in having a realtor or working with a realtor that is familiar with the neighborhood you're interested in so that they can answer that question for you. And hopefully they're bringing it up as well. You know, there's some people who don't care. There's some historically flood prone areas of our town that people love living in for the other features that it provides. It's proximity to the water, the type of neighborhood activities that are available and closeness to amenities and location right. for price that better opportunity worth the risk for them. Well, I think that's all we mainly wanted to say about flood. It was uh, short, but pretty informative, and I think critical for everybody to keep in mind when you talk about flood insurance costs, flood 2.0, assumable policies. You know, those are the things that you need to be thinking about when you look at houses that are in a flood zone. Is how much is it going to cost to carry the home? And flood insurance can be a big part of it. Yes, it's a great point for us to bring up as kind of high level. Get some expert help on this. Your realtor, either David Van or Julie Jones can help connect you with insurance agent that can help you sort through that. Indeed. We're happy to have you listen to us today. This is the Real Property St. Pete podcast. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with Remax Metro.